The Church Media Podcast, episode 180, dealing with friction between your worship and tech team with Will Doggett. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Hey, and welcome to episode 180 of the Church Media Podcast. This is the definitive podcast for helping you transform the worship experiences at your church. This week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Subsplash. Subsplash is the award-winning leader in church engagement tools, helping thousands of churches around the world expand their reach and engage their communities through world-class technology. With the power of the ultimate engagement platform, you can create your own app and website and fuel your mission with Subsplash Giving. You can request a demo and learn more at subsplash.com. Check those guys out. They are awesome. Subsplash.com. Subsplash.com. In this week's episode, my special guest, Will Doggett, from from studio to stage, drops by again. Last week, we talked about how to use Ableton Live in your worship experiences. This week, we're going to chat about dealing with friction between your worship and tech team. We'll jump right into my interview with Will right after this. Hey guys, last week on the show, I talked with Ableton Live certified trainer, Will Doggett. I want to encourage you to check out Will's site from studiotostage.com. It's packed with tutorials, courses, consulting help, and more. From studiotostage.com. Lots of valuable information on Ableton Live. You can start a free seven-day trial with Will to get even more help to transform your worship experiences. If you have led or you serve on your worship or production teams at your church, check out what Will has to offer. It's well worth your time. From studiotostage.com. From studiotostage.com. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, my guest today is Will Doggett. Will has worked in several creative leadership roles at Ocean's Edge School of Worship, as well as serving as the director of products at multitracks.com. He's a sound designer and Ableton Live certified trainer. He has recently stepped out on his own to start a brand new company called From Studio to Stage, helping churches make their worship experiences sound awesome. Uh, you've heard him on the podcast the last couple of weeks. We talked about uh, that company from studio to stage and also how Ableton can work great in your worship experience. Uh, so we welcome back. We're going to talk about a different topic today. Will, welcome back to the podcast, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Carl. I'm glad to be back. Now, I want to dive right into talking about this topic of dealing with friction between your worship and tech team. Now, in a perfect world... Everyone gets along great, <laughs> but we yeah. all know we all know that there are times that there can be a divide between the worship team and the tech team 
in churches. It's just a, a reality that sometimes there can be competition or even uh, snide comments. Gosh, I wish he would do whatever, or I wish they would keep up with the lyrics better. Uh, just there can be this animosity between the two teams. Uh, has that been your experience in church world, or was it? what has your experience been like? You know, it's interesting for me. I mean, we talked about this in the previous podcast, but I've served in a lot of different roles. Um, I'm thankful to serve on a tech team, serve uh, you know as a worship leader, as a music director. Uh, but I've been in experiences where there's been incredible harmony and unity between the tech and the the, the band and the worship leadership. Uh, and then I've been in situations where there's a lot of tension. Um, and I think, you know, the, the article will kind of talk through the article I wrote years ago for uh, Sunday Mag, but I think it still rings true. Uh, you know, and we talked before we got on the call, this is perfect timing for me because I just started at our church here in Austin, uh, one of our campuses as a production manager there. So I'm back into the tech role uh, and helping make Sundays happen. And I have to say, this church does it so well, and the relationship between worship and production um, it is so great. So I'm excited to go through all of this, yeah. and I think this is very, very important to talk about. Yeah, I do too. Um, so we're going to talk through eight easy steps to take uh, to help break down some of those barriers that we can experience between the worship and tech team. Um, and I know, uh, again, we're pulling from content from an article that you wrote a couple of years ago, and we'll link to that article Uh, in the show notes page for this episode. So I know it's kind of reaching back for you. Uh, But I I read it, and as I was researching and and trying to to prepare for our time together, and I thought that this article would really, really resonate with our audience because we talked to both the worship team and the tech team, and there can be some tension there. So so let's get started with these eight steps. What's number one? Uh, So number one is to embrace it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I think a lot of people think unity means, like, everyone's kind and happy. Uh, unity should be a very uh, loud thing, right? Unity should involve a lot of conversations. Um, and so I think the, the very first thing is just realizing there's got to be friction, even in a perfect world where, you know, and again, I'm, I'm serving in a church right now on a team where I think they do a lot of things really, really well. And I realized that. Uh, even within that, there's going to be issues. And they've kind of told me coming on, they said, hey, we're all sinners, we're all busted up people, so there's going to be times things are great, there's going to be times that we just really irritate you. Um, but we all need to realize that's going to, um, there, there's going to be tension, there's going to be friction. The goal is not to avoid it. I, and by that, I mean the goal is not to pretend as if it's not there. It's to realize it's going to be there, and when it's there, um, we need to tackle it, and we need to talk about it, and we need to bring it up, which we'll talk about here in a second, which is that that next step. Yeah, let's go and get into that. So number two is to address it. So number one, embrace it. Number two, address it. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I think, you know, I've I've worked with some leaders that— um, they kind of feel like the way to, and I'm including myself in this in a lot of ways, I guess we do this in all aspects of our lives in some form or fashion where sometimes we feel like, okay, when this thing pops up, some of it's uncomfortable, this conversation we need to have, or this guy's a jerk, you know, on the, the production team, he, he's a jerk, and, and it affects everyone. We think the best way to handle that is to not talk about it, right? To, to just, uh, you know, brush it off. It's going to go away. 
I, I think we have to hit it head on. We have to lean into that. We have to go. And sometimes it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes they can just be raw and honest and say, listen, dude, you're being a jerk. You need to call it. I remember one of a defining moments for me in leadership. Uh, I was a worship leader at a church in North Carolina, and this guy just came in, and, man, he just was cranky. He was having a bad morning. And uh, I just remember I just straight up called him out and just said, dude, you got it. You're being a, a jerk, and you got to cool it. And he later told me after the service, he said, man, that helped me because I needed someone. It's like that, that you just snap people out of it, right? It's kind of that you get in this mode where it's hard to, hard to get out of it when you're frustrated or something's happening. But you need to um, realize it's going to happen. You need to address it, and you need to just go, if, if anything, if you don't know exactly why it's happening, you need to just sit down with that person and go, dude, what's happening? Like, what's going on? We need to solve this. Um, we cannot let this fester. We can't let this grow. We need to deal with it. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what is the, I was going to ask you another question, but let's go and move on to the third one. So what is the third way of dealing with friction between worship and tech? Yeah, and I think this one is really important. Uh, I think you need to deal with it immediately. And, uh, and people are going, well, how immediate? As immediately as possible. Uh, that might mean a week, like you may not be able to get to it to a week, but I think it needs to be, like, right away. You know, and I know, I know there's a lot of people, I've served people that said, like, you know, praise needs to be in public, criticism needs to be in private. I get that. I think in general that's pretty good. But I think the worst thing you can do is have someone – you know, be a jerk publicly, and they're just bringing everybody down. And you wait till after the rehearsal. You go through the rehearsal to bring that up with them. Um, I think you need to deal with it right then and there. And it doesn't mean you need to be a jerk back to them, but sometimes you need to deal with it immediately. You know, a way I do uh, deal with friction or tension a lot is through humor. So sometimes I just make you know make a joke about that person. And sometimes you know, typically my personality is I know them, they'll know. You know, I'll say it, and it kind of just breaks down the barrier and breaks down the wall. You have to be careful. Some people, that doesn't work well with. Um, but, you know, I know some of us get really nervous, and we're, we're really afraid of, of stepping into conflict, or we shy away from it. We're really afraid of having the, the hard conversation with someone on our team or on the production team, on the worship team. Um, but the truth is, you can wait as long as you want to to have the conversation, but you're going to have the conversation it gets worse the longer you wait. So I would encourage you deal with it right away. Um, a, a guy I worked with at Multitracks would always say, keep short short accounts, right? Yeah. Um, make sure that you are talking to people frequently. I like to think of it as in our heads, we're constantly painting pictures of people. Make sure that's an accurate picture of that person. Refresh it, erase it, start over uh, as soon as you can and frequently, but deal with it immediately. But yeah, it can be very risky or awkward uh, sometimes to confront or have that conversation with people. Um, it can be easier to, to let it linger and, and fester and, and hope it goes away. Yep. Um, but I, I agree with you. It, it's, it's great to go ahead and confront that early while it doesn't fester, while it doesn't grow, because sometimes we can um, get more and more bitter uh, the, the longer yep. it goes. Um, so you've also... Uh, talked about that this should be in person, not over email, not over maybe a text. Well, why do you think in person? Yeah, you know, and I, um, you know, I let me say this 
as not the guy. You know, I don't want people looking on and going, man, Will is such a great leader. He has got this figured out. This point is one I'm preaching to myself right here. Um, you know, if you struggle with confronting people, if you're more of, um, you know, someone who would rather text or email as opposed to hopping on the phone with someone, um, or you feel like it's going to be awkward or difficult, uh, that's me, right? I, I tell a story in our article about breaking up with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, over email on her birthday, which terrible, terrible situation. Thankfully, she took me back and we we're married 10 years now. But um, this is, is uh, I think this is really important because over email, over text, it's so easy to take things out of context. Even this week, I was texting with someone and they realized what I said could be taken three to four different ways. That person is just angry. Uh, they've had a bad week. They read your text the wrong way. Things don't get better, right? So if you could talk to them in person, you, you, they get an opportunity, one, to see your body language. They get an opportunity to ask you questions. They get an opportunity to see how you respond when, uh, when they ask you a question. It's just it's way more uh, flexible. It's way more responsive, right? Um, and just email or text or written word. Uh, it's powerful and it's great, but in this situation, it needs to be in person. Um, at the very least, I would say over the phone yeah. or FaceTime or Skype. Yeah. But even then, I would say do it in person if, if at all possible. Okay, embrace it, address it, deal with it immediately. What's our next tip for dealing with friction? Yeah, so I think the next thing is to bring clarity. And by that, uh, maybe a better way to say that is to drill down to what caused the problem in the first place. I think the mistake of this, you could really, you could do the first three and realize there's going to be tension. Okay, there's friction right now. There's tension. Let's address it. Let me deal with it immediately. And all you end up doing is saying, hey, sorry, man, well, whatever happened again. All right, and move on. If you don't get to the point where you know, okay, what caused it in the first place, right? What was the main issue here? You know, the worship leader is frustrated at me as the sound engineer. Why are they frustrated? You know, they can't just be, I hate you. <laughs> I guess it could be, I hate you. There's a bigger conversation to question afterwards. But it's probably, you don't do this. Or I don't feel like you're here to serve the team. I feel like you think you're better than everyone. You're always late. You know, whatever it is, you need to bring clarity to the conversation. Um, and and I, again, I say this in an article, I really believe it. The majority of issues I've seen uh, stem from uh, lack of communication, right, and stem from um, not understanding the other person's perspective. So I think it's all about, hey, when I said this, did that make sense? Or did you hear me on this? Or did you miss this? But making sure you have that clarifying conversation so that you know what caused it in the first place and you don't let it happen again. Awesome. All right, let's move on. What's your number five? Uh, so the next one, and I think, man, if there's anything, our what you know, I want to rewrite this article to everything everyone in the world needs to know. This next one is very, very important, which is you need to understand the other person's perspective. Um, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's Jordan Peterson in his Twelve Rules for Life, and some people like him, some people you know, he's kind of polarizing guy. So either like him or hate him. But one of the things they always talked about is um, believe that you can learn something from someone else, right? So you need to, um, yes, uh, you need to clarify what caused the issue in the first place. But it's really about getting to the core of, okay, what, why, why do you believe the way you believe, right? 
um, what's, why do you have this perspective that you have? Um, why do you feel like no one values you? You know, what are those things there? And if you could drill down, if you really pair this with the previous one, right, you clarify it, but then you understand the other person's perspective, um, that's going to bring so much value to the conversation going to help you go to the next level. And I, I, in the article, I talked about me spending a, a summer with a production company, and I suddenly went from being the worship leader and being the guy who stepped on stage and everything's ready to literally being the first guy in and the last guy out. And I saw the way a lot of the bands treated me as the tech guy and kind of looked down at, at, you know, at me, and I realized I will never do that. I am not going to do that as I step on stage. So it served me well to be in those different positions, but you don't have to quit your job and go on sabbatical and join a production company to get to that point. You can get to that point by listening and really understanding someone else's perspectives and their experiences. And I think that's going to make for such a, a richer conversation and richer relationship in the future. Hmm. Your next tip I, I love, and it's uh, put them on your team. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I could speak very practically about this because the church I'm at right now there is not worship and production. You know, yeah, there's literally, here's the, 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 uh, the people who make music. Here's the people who stand on stage. And then, yes, there's, quote, unquote, a production team, production volunteers. But we just went away on a retreat uh, for a week <clears throat> as the, the worship uh, collective of our church. And that included worship leaders, and it included the people that are on staff for production. So production is a, literally a part of the worship ministry. Um, I think uh, very practically, you know, and after kind of walking through that, walking through a week of that and experiencing it and seeing how the, 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 the worship leaders respond to the tech guys and the tech guys respond to the worship leaders, I think, you know, one, it's important to— Consider the tech people worship leaders. We talked about this in the previous podcast. It's really important to consider the person moving the fader a worship leader, right? That's, I think, a good first step. Um, but I think even very practically, organizationally, break down the wall and say, there's no more worship leader, worship department, and production department. There is the worship ministry. We're all a part of it. You know, at some point, somebody's got to call the shot. Somebody's got to be the executive overseeing it, the elder overseeing it, whatever it is. But everyone needs to be a part of it. And this is a crazy idea. When you have your planning meetings for your service, invite the tech people to be a part of that. One, it's going to help with communication. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. But let them choose a song. You know, don't don't make it like a cute thing where it's like, all right, it's the third Thursday time. What's your worship song you have for us? But if you have a tech uh, or worship um, uh, production person that, you know, listens to a lot of worship music and they go, hey, I got this new album. We're talking about this concept. Would you guys consider doing this song? Why should you not listen to them just because they're not on stage? Right. right. They are a worship leader. And I'd say uh, include them in those conversations. Yeah. And vice versa, too. Tech guys uh, need to invite the worship leader uh, into meetings as well. Or have a, a set meeting with them. I, I had a meeting with my worship leader every week in the tech room, in our production room, to walk through the order of the day. Okay, is there any solos I need to know about? Is there any, uh, you know, is, a, is there a drum solo? Is there something here to, to make sure that my camera shots are, are right? You know, vice versa is, you know, work together uh, to create unity on the team. 
Um, okay, That's number good. number seven is check your communication. Talk to us about this one for a minute. Yeah, so there's another article, a uh, couple practical things here I'll point out. There's another article I wrote for Sunday Mag on improving your rehearsal. Um, and that's something that I've gone from there and taught at worship conferences all over the U.S. Uh, using this same material. But there's this little phrase I came up with. It's the closest to achieving John Maxwell-like, uh, you know, proverbs that I think I'll ever get. Uh, it's make sure you communicate early, often, and in a language your people speak. So, it, you know, literally just what you're talking about, Carl. Hey, uh, what is there a drum solo here? Great. I, I want to make sure I've communicated that early enough to the sound engineer. Hey, we, we have an extra vocalist. Great. I want to make sure the sound engineer knows that so that the mic is set up beforehand. Um, communicate needs often to your team. Hey, just as a reminder, no rehearsal this Thursday. We'll see you guys early on Saturday, on Thursday. Hey, guys, just a reminder today, no rehearsal. Saturday. Hey, guys, since we didn't have rehearsal Thursday, just a reminder, Saturday. Now, that's going to drive some people crazy. That would drive me crazy. Uh, you know, that much over-communication, but boy, does it help, because the minute that person forgets, they see your text, they're going to go, all right, I got it, I feel valued. Then then in the language your people speak, if someone doesn't check email, they don't check text, don't send them the text or email to spite them and go, oh, I know, they don't even read their text, so, you know, I'm going to send this to them, and they're still going to show up for rehearsal. No, call them. Do whatever you got to do to communicate to them in a language that people speak. Um, even practically, if you're on a new team, Make sure you're using and learning the words they use. You know, the, the church I'm at now, they use the term liturgy. Um, and we're not a, you know, we're not a, you know, robes up front and, you know, open your Bible or open your hymnals to this. We're not that type of church, but they consider what happens on Sunday, the liturgy. What is the liturgy for this week? We're going to do this song. We're going to talk here. We're going to do that. So it's all about learning the way that team communicates. I think a very practical one, and I give this in the, the article, is how are you communicating between each other? You know, one is that last minute over text. A big one for in the moment is uh, don't yell at the sound guy, yep. and sound guy, don't yell at the worship team. Use a talkback mic, yes. right? Yes. There's nothing worse. Yep. There's nothing worse than, um, you know, it's great to just be able to go, hey, you know, I, here's, here's more keys in your ears or whatever. Or, hey, can you guys do that song again and yelling? But you don't know what people are going through that week. You don't know if it's a good week, bad week, someone just got in a fight with their spouse, got laid off in their job, whatever it is, or it's just a, a normal day. Um, you don't know that walking into it. So using a talkback mic, again, fosters that sense of unity, fosters a good sense of communication between your team. So even just something as practical as that, um, and even walking through, how do we soundtrack? What's our process? Right. People get frustrated because their ears aren't great. Check the process and make sure uh, that everyone's communicating really well throughout that. Right, exactly. And it also presents a unified front in front of volunteers. So if you're yelling across the room at each other, even if it's practical things, it kind of creates this environment of the worship leader yelling at the tech guy, tech guy yelling at the. It's just it creates this right. uh, friction atmosphere where if you use a talkback mic, where you can talk directly in their ears or talk um, directly to them over the sound system, or even walk up and talk to them. If you're the sound guy, okay. walk up on stage during rehearsal. Uh, you know, it cuts down on on the perception of friction as well in front of your volunteers. Um, okay, really uh, last tip uh, for us. What is the, the last way or the last tip that you've found in in dealing with friction between worship and tech teams? 
Yeah, this one's going to sound a little silly at first, but be human. And by what I mean by that is sometimes it's it's really easy for us to uh, go to conferences. It's really easy for us to read these, or read these articles on leadership. You know, I'm looking across the room right now. I've got six books uh, on my desk that uh, I'm only reading one. I finished one already. But most of those are leadership management books. I love reading. I read a lot. Um it's really easy for me to read books and go, oh, I want to implement this process. I just, you know, we, I just finished this book. We're going to implement OKRs, and this is how we're going to lead the team. We're going to do this, and Google does this, and Apple does this, and Steve Jobs did this, and we're going to do this. Just be human. And by that, I mean, don't forget the things that make us human, right? Talk to people. Uh, be nice to people. Say hi when someone shows up and say bye when someone leaves. Uh, get to know the people on your team. One of my favorite things I've seen recently uh, I saw on Facebook a guy asked, how do I, uh, you know, my guitar player is awful tone. How do I improve his tone? Uh, and I saw a guy leave the group say, what's your guitar player's name? Um, how many kids does he have? How many times have you taken him out to coffee? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And he said, once you've answered those questions, then you can solve that problem. And, and the heart of all of that was just literally be a human. Like, be friends with people. Get to know people. It's so easy when it's week in and week out, and it's demanding and it's stressful, um, and you're tired and everything that's going on. But forget the process. The most important process is be human. Yeah. Okay, as we wrap today, any parting thoughts that you have on this topic? Yeah, I want to I'm gonna speak directly to people. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, break what I said earlier. I, you know, yes. Tech people are probably wish people. I want to talk directly to production people for a moment. These are the people running sound, running lights, running video. So you're leading worship through that. But a word of encouragement to them. And I want to challenge them with something a friend of mine challenged me this past week on the retreat that we went on with our church. And he said, pray against cynicism and fight against cynicism. And I realized this Sunday, um, uh, with our uh, with our church, we launched a you know a new building, first service. And I realized, especially for production people, especially audio people, it's the one job every single person in the church knows how to do better than you do. <laughs> and by that, I mean every single person has feedback. Right? It's too loud, too much bass, not enough vocals, not enough keys, too much keys, too much. Every single person has input and feedback on that. And it is so quick and it's so easy to become cynical. And it's so quick and easy to feel like uh, no one respects you. No one's looking up to you. No one is serving your needs. No one's uh, recognizing you. One, it's very possible no one is recognizing you. But the most important thing is realize that Jesus sees the work you're doing. And, And this sounds overly spiritual, but really you need to, and the only way to fight the cynicism is you need to be in prayer. You need to pray for the people you serve. You need to pray for the people in leadership that drive you crazy. Um, and you need to be in God's Word every single day. And this is one that I am fighting so hard right now to hold on to. And you need to find your worth in the fact that you might walk into that service. No one may recognize you until something goes wrong. And you may leave, and no one may recognize you. But you got to realize Jesus sees every single thing you're doing. You are literally being His hands and feet to the church. People are coming to know him because of what you're doing. So it's equally an encouragement and it's equally a strong warning. Do not become cynical. Fight it. And it's so, so easy. Uh, Do not become cynical and serve. 
just your goal as a production person is to serve. You might be in a healthy environment, and that makes it really easy to serve. Uh, my, the worship leader I serve under and serve with Sunday just texted me and just incredible, incredible, encouraging text and said, we're in this together. I trust you. You don't have to earn my trust. You have my trust. And I thought, one, this guy is incredible. I'll follow him wherever he goes. Uh, but I've also been in situations where uh, I did not have that. You still got to serve. That's what it's all about. So productive people listening, fight cynicism, fight it by praying, being in God's word, pray for the people that drive you crazy, and just serve. Have an attitude of service. Um, I, going into church Sunday, was just praying, and I'm going to name drop here because I love this guy. He His name should be known more. Uh, there's a guy who's a sound guy at Liberty named Dustin Muncy. He's now in Virginia at a church. And I just prayed. I said, God, let me be a Dustin Muncy because Dustin is incredibly skilled tech-wise, but, man, he served me as a musician so well for four years at Liberty uh, and then even after that, and a sweet guy who loves Jesus. So I pray that we have more Dustin Muncy's in this world and less people who think they're rock stars doing what they're doing for recognition. By cynicism and serve. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for this content today and for being with me over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, man, really appreciate it. And, man, I look forward to connecting with you more and just hopefully this is the start of a, a great friendship, a great partnership between us and you guys. Absolutely. Carl, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for what you do for the church, you and your team, um, and, and Bessie. And, yes, we'll, we'll grab us some barbecue here sometime <laughs> in the future. It Great. will happen. Awesome. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media training. You have an audience, a community who you want to engage. You're using Facebook, Twitter, video, audio, and putting on live events. It's time to bring it all together in one place, your own branded mobile app. Think of your app as a home base for your community, the one place where they can access all of your content within seconds. You become part of their daily routine, their morning cup of coffee, their commute, their workout. People spend upwards of three hours a day using apps on their smartphones and tablets, and a staggering 89% of mobile media is consumed through apps. Subsplash serves thousands of clients whose apps are used by millions of people every day. Our award-winning and flexible app platform is trusted by a wide range of organizations, from global brands to nonprofits, startups, ministries, and everyone in between. The Subsplash platform gives you complete control over your app. Share media, events, news, blogs, integrate with mobile giving, send out push notifications, and much more. We take care of the hard stuff like software updates and development so you can focus on engaging your audience. Our team of app specialists are committed to your success, from app implementation to ongoing tech support, and we'll walk with you every step of the way. As pioneers and leaders in the mobile space, Subsplash will publish your app on all major app stores, making your content and brand incredibly accessible to millions of people on their phones, tablets, and TVs. Let's take your organization to the next level and engage the mobile generation. Hey guys, that was a little taste of what Subsplash can do for your church. You can check them out and get started 
building your church app, your website, and more at subsplash.com. For the show notes for this episode of the podcast, you can get more resources and content for your team. Just visit thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 180 will get you to this episode or listen to any of our past shows. It's all at thechurchmediapodcast.com. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week, my friend Stephen Brewster will be making a return visit to the podcast. He'll be on the show for the next two weeks. Also coming up, I'll welcome Bill Swaringham from The Crossing. I'll be sharing some tips for video content producers and Kenton Waldrum from churchbanners.com and my friend Adam McLaughlin uh, will stop by to chat about their new book, Huddle Up, all about improving the first impressions at your church. That's all in the next couple of months on the podcast. Take a minute today and follow us on social media and leave a review of our show on iTunes if you would. It would help us out. Thank you guys for listening. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.